Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's program. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions this afternoon, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. You may... I got a lot of feedback from last week. Um, we, I guess one of the pro last week, uh, my two shows were, I took the week off and my two shows were encore presentations. And I guess one of them was a real, I guess I sounded super sad or super down on one of them. So I got quite a bit of feedback. Am I okay? Is everything fine? And the answer is yes. Last week was an encore uh, and so I don't know which which program Kevin chose uh, to put on the air, but it must have been a down day or a, a tired day. I have, uh, on occasion, on a Wednesday broadcast, uh, been super tired uh, doing the show. Um, I've been so tired. This is a really weird phenomenon. Uh, but there's been at least two occasions that I can remember where I had been so tired by the time uh, the show came along that you know how you kind of doze off when you're driving? Uh, you get that kind of feeling and you just wake up real fast and um, that that happened to me actually two times doing Calvary Live on a Wednesday uh, while I was talking like right here in front of the uh, microphone and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm dozing off while I'm talking. Um, but last week wasn't one of those. Last week we're encores, but I'm back live now and uh, grateful. Well, I guess um, I was on all week, so um, uh, the Lord knows. And I'm back taking your calls and your questions live. Welcome everyone listening on Hope FM and on Grace FM and on Truth FM and every other station that carries Calvary Live. We're grateful uh, that you're you're joining us. You're a part of the family. And uh, we're our phone lines are wide open uh, live to get on the air with me. The number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And then you can text me, uh, even as I'm saying this, a text just comes through. Uh, I'll read it in a minute. But here's the dedicated texting line, 720-336-0897. 720 and Michael just texted through, just wanted to say thank you for the show. And Michael, you are welcome for the show. I'm very grateful for the pastors that I get to partner with uh, who host, uh, whether that be Cody King or I was talking on the phone yesterday um, with my brother up in Longmont, Nick Cady. Or on occasion, I know that we were able to get the equipment out for Nate Morris, uh, who's now pastoring up in Vail. Uh, when he was down here in Lakewood, he was doing the show. And of course, um, uh, the guy that I believe uh, is 
just one of the most compassionate gentlemen I've ever met uh, in my life, uh, Pastor Jeff Figs. Uh, and, and we've had a variety of hosts over the years, and I'm grateful that we get to partner together for the gospel uh, in, this, in this time. So the show's all about what's on your mind, uh, what's going on, how I might be able to open the Bible together, uh, and uh, work through biblically what's on your mind, whether it's a Bible question. Um, you know, this is less of a Bible answer man show, although we do deal with Bible questions. Uh, it's less of a Bible answer man show, and it's more of a pastoral show. It's like you get to that when I when we envisioned this program, um, we envisioned it like you get to speak to the pastor behind from behind the pulpit, like we leave the pulpit. Uh, as I do after a service, come down to the stage and get to pray and talk with people. Um, of course, COVID's changed that temporarily, but we're really praying uh, that the Lord would give wisdom uh, in arresting this virus and, and the governmental officials. But um, um, that's what the show's for. You're able to talk about um, coming out from be behind the... Um, pulpit. So give me a call. Lines are open 303-690-3000. Here's a question that came through by text. Uh, what about uh, once saved, always saved? I've heard many teachers on Hope FM say that once you come to Christ as a believer, there's no way to lose that salvation. I'm wondering if you could explain the passage in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, um, that if someone at one time professed Jesus as Messiah. Um, well, let, let, let's start at while I answer this, fill up the phone lines. Uh, I see Marie just called in in Greeley, so we'll get to her in a second. But I'll give you a brief uh, answer on this because I did teach through Hebrews specifically <clears throat> uh, and this chapter in particular because it's one of the most difficult, uh, one of the highlight uh, highlighted um, difficult passages in the Bible. Um, but I, let's start with the phrase "once saved, always saved." I don't, I don't like that phrase. Uh, it's not really a biblical phrase, and it changes the heart of the argument to how a man has defined the argument instead of what the Bible says. And so what I like to do on a question like this, I like to ask, the, I like to turn around and say, is, is, is what is promised by Jesus Christ eternal life or temporary life? Because I think the answer to our question isn't so much how people have argued about it over time, how people have taken their stances, even labeled, you know, once saved, always saved. But instead, let's take let's take a a more Bible centric approach uh, and say, what is the nature of salvation? And the nature of salvation, we only have two options. It is either eternal, which makes makes the responsibility of saving a person wholly on God. Or it's temporary placing, uh, and that could be a bunch of hybrids, right? It could be your good works. You could be saved by being a good person. And if you're a bad person, you lose it. Then you are saved and not saved, saved and not saved, saved. And I believe that salvation is eternal. Uh, I think that eternal not only speaks of time, but substance. And I like to ask the question, is there any example in the Bible of anybody ever being unborn again? Anyone in the Bible ever being unborn again? Or to some of our uh, Pentecostal-type friends, 
uh, some of our menius type friends. Do you ever see an example of a person born again, unborn again, born again, unborn again, unborn again? Like, like you never, that's not the nature of salvation. The nature of salvation is uh, eternal, and that means it's, it's going to last as long as God lasts, because that same word eternal, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, is used to describe the nature of God. So the nature of salvation is equal to the nature of God. And once a person is saved, he's going to be saved for eternity. For the question on Hebrews chapter 6, I would refer you to our website, because I did a Bible study on this, and this I looked at these very carefully in context, and I came to the same conclusion I just shared with you, but I also dealt with the context of Hebrews 6, remember, is speaking to a group of people that are wanting to leave. They're really literally considering walking away from their, from their relationship with God and going back to the rituals of the temple, going back to the old covenant. And that not only is that not possible, but he is... Uh, you can't leave, you can't lose, you can't discard your salvation. So he describes to you in Hebrews 6 a group of people that look saved and saying, hey, look, don't go back. It's in, and, and the summary would be it's impossible to repent when you're in rebellion to God. Uh, it's impossible to, to, to have, be renewed to repentance when you're backslidden, when you're wandering, when you're a place of disobedience. It's like the, the young man that was a prodigal son. He had to come to the end of himself uh, in order to understand his return. But I would refer to you, and since you're a text question, I'll also answer this. Uh, I'll give you a quick answer on text uh, as well. Uh, but uh, I believe salvation is eternal, and I, I, I believe in the God who is able to keep me saved. Um, that's how I would answer that. 303-690-3000. Marie has been waiting in Greeley, Colorado. Uh, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well, Marie. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So I have a question. Um, okay. So me and my mom, we really don't get along. You know, there's okay. things that have happened, and it's kind of sad. You know, we don't talk or anything like that. And I, I was reading a verse, um, you know, Proverbs 30, uh, that says there's a generation, no, there are those who kiss their fathers and do not bless their mothers. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't see myself maybe blessing her because of things that have happened and things okay. that she just doesn't acknowledge that have happened. And it's kind of hard for me to, I would say, I guess, bless her, maybe? I don't know if I... I just I don't have nothing good to say when I think about this. Well, I think uh, at the outset, you know, I think that your care and concern for where you are in your relationship with your mom tells me that Proverbs chapter 30 is not describing you. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30 describes a very hardened, rebellious... Uh, resistant, uh, unwilling person that, like like the Bible would say later on in the New Testament, in the last days, you know, the love of many will grow cold. And so what Proverbs is describing 
is a coldness toward your parents. And what you're describing is a difficulty with your mom. And I would imagine that of the thousands of people that are listening to our program right now, that you're not the only one that not only doesn't have um, mom issues or dad issues, but family issues. And um, we all have them, and they're all challenging. And it takes two parts, both parts of that family issue, in order for it to be resolved. And, you know, we have, we have issues within our family that, that, that need to be worked out. Um, but unfortunately, some issues won't be worked out unless the person changes. Uh, you know, the word for change in the Bible is repent. And this is where a frustrating part, people get really frustrated in our families and in, in our, all these situations because, like, we know that we're to forgive. And forgiveness is, we're to forgive just like we've been forgiven. And that is that we are no, our sins are no longer held against us. Uh, and God extends that forgiveness to us, and we enjoy it because we have repented of our sins. We've acknowledged our sins, and we have repented, and now enter into a full relationship with God where we're not measured by our failures, but we're measured by uh, God's redemptive power and changing us going you know, day by day, moment by moment. And that's the same as, same as true in any family. Uh, forgiveness is a non-negotiable. You and I and the family issues that we have are to live in forgiveness. We're to forgive uh, even to the point where if we if we start counting how many times we've forgiven, then we've missed the whole point of forgiveness. Um, you know, if we start counting and, well, you know, it's 70 times 7, so I'm almost there, then we've missed the point. It's It's forgiving without taking note of how many times we're to forgive. But then we get frustrated. Because we're like, wait a minute, Ed, I think I've forgiven my mom. Um, I think I've forgiven my, and you fill in the blanks, but we still don't have a relationship. And that's where forgiveness and restoration uh, or reconciliation are confused. Because it's possible to have forgiveness in a relationship and for that relationship not to change because the other person hasn't repented. They haven't changed. They haven't acknowledged their sin. And this is most often in a family. This happens most often in a family where um, you, are, you come to a place in your walk with the Lord. You go, man, what happened to me was wrong. I can't change it, but I'm going to forgive my mom. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to choose to love. And I'm going to, you know, the word forgive literally means to release from a debt. And so I'm going to release my mom from the debt. So you call her up and you go, hey, mom, I just want you to know I was reading the Bible and uh, just want you to know I love you and I forgive you and I just want a relationship with you and that, that conversation. And the other end is, forgive me of what? What did I do? I never did anything to you. And you're like, oh my gosh, why did I even call? Why did I even try? And... Yeah. And when you sort through that, you say, well, here's why you called. You were called because you're obeying God. You called because you acknowledged that there were wrongs being made and wrongs being done, and you want it to be made right. But until your mom comes to a, to a similar conclusion where she too needs to acknowledge 
the pain and the hurt that she she's caused. You know, maybe you guys don't see it the same way exactly, but but just acknowledge it. It's like it's. It, let me put it in a more crude way. You you take your mom to the mall. You buy her a dress. It's great. Uh, and you you say, Mom, I just want you to know, uh, I forgive you for punching me in the face last week, and I'm not holding it against you, and I'm not going to press charges. And your mom says, oh, great, honey. This is wonderful. Um, I, I know I shouldn't be punching you. And, and let's hug. And after she lets go, she punches you again. No. Because she hasn't changed. And you're in the same position now again where you have to choose to forgive. And you have to choose to forgive. However, without repentance, there's no relationship. Or it's very limited. Because there's still, very, there's still many unresolved issues that need to be talked through that need to be acknowledged uh, and that need to be worked through. And quite frankly, that's, it's all too common that repentance hasn't taken place and so relationships haven't been restored. Yeah, and I mean, I just, I guess I don't know how to approach it anymore because it's kind of sad. It's a lonely, you know, and you can't like call your mom up and say, hey, something happened to me or like, you know. And well, I, I think that maybe we should like go to like counseling or some or a communication class because obviously yes. Communicate. Would she be? Have you asked her? I did, and she yes. agreed. She yeah. only she only said this. She goes, as long as it's not a millennial type counseling, because you guys are always right. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. even even a millennial or older people like me, as long as the Bible is open, God will lead us to the truth. And, you know, there, there's going to be, we, we take into account, and it's no excuse for sin in your life or mine or your mom's, but we take into account how somebody was raised. We take into account how they've, how they've been set in their ways, but we never lose hope that God can't change a person from the inside out and that God can't change uh, in the relationship and that you know, because a statement like that, I don't know your mom and um, I don't need to know your mom, but a statement like that is just a control thing. For her to say yes and say, but, but we got to do it this way, it's just a control thing. And it could be because she's afraid. Um, it could be because, you know, humility doesn't come easy for any of us, but it definitely doesn't come easier the older we are or the more wrong we are. You know, the more wrong we are and the longer we've defended ourselves, the harder it is to humble ourselves before God. But the reality is, is you know your desire to reconcile with your mom is from God. You know that he wants it and he, and, and that your mom's fighting God. She's not fighting you. It's a spiritual battle. It's not a physical battle. Yeah. yeah. But I guess and this is more like waiting <clears throat> on her. Yeah, and then looking for those opportunities, like looking for those opportunities at, at um, you know, family gatherings or things, if you guys are, are able to be on that, just just to talk about things other than the problem, which is going to take humility on your part. And, you know, just saying, um, um, you know, you could even kind of turn things around and one day just call her and go, hey, mom, I know you were thinking, I know you just see me as a millennial, but let me tell you what a millennial did today. You want to hear? You know, just looking for open doors to meet her where she's at and 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 have compassion on her um even though you also are carrying around hurts but if we're to def- you know what a, you know what they call a person 
that defines themselves by their hurts, their pains, their difficulties. You know what we call a person? What? A victim. A victim. <laughs> and we don't want to be victims. We, we want to be a victor. You know, we don't want to yeah. identify by our pains because we all have them. You know, we're, we're all getting older. We're all facing medical things. We all have family things. But, but they, they, they cloud our vision of the cross. And I refuse to allow someone's lack of repentance to stop me from doing the work of the ministry and obeying God. And believe me, the passive-aggressive game-playing um, makes a person tired. Uh, it makes a person frustrated. But you can live in forgiveness and not reconciliation. Because rec forgiveness takes one person. Reconciliation takes two. Well, I just wanted to have some advice on that because you know, I've been struggling in that area, and it's kind of weird when you know you're a Christian. And it's just hard, you know. It's hard. Yeah, it kind of makes you feel like you're the loser, or even people like you're not a good believer, you're not a good Christian. I mean, I've had other pastors tell me, "Ed, you're not doing it the right way." Hey, like, bro, you're not in my family, so and you haven't cared about, you haven't checked in on me for years. Who are you? to tell me what my family, like you don't even have any clue what's going on. And so you've got those people, right? You've got those people in your life. You're like, man, you, you got all this pressure and you're like, man, maybe I am a bad believer. Uh, maybe I just don't do it right. It's all my fault. And, and while none of us have clean hands, none of us have clean hands. I can say this, you're the one calling, not your mom. And you're the one concerned about what the Bible has to say. And again, if your mom sat down with, you know, if she's willing to sit down, we have uh, a lot of non-millennial pastors at our church, if she, and I know Jeff does over at his church too, up in Calvary Chapel yeah. Greeley. Um, we can meet, we can meet your mom at that place and say, we'll, we'll, we have a lot of non-millennial. Not that millennial pastors can give wisdom too, but we can meet her where she's at. Yeah, that would be great. Do I like? How would I get like information? So I'm going to give you a couple of direction. Number one, email me and after this, after you hang up and send an email to ed at edtaylor.org. And this is such a popular topic that I got a series of things that I want to send you um, that I'll just copy and paste and return that email to you. It's a great pamphlet on forgiveness, a couple Bible studies, and just some tools to help you learn what the Bible has to say about forgiveness. And then... <clears throat> You know, you guys, you're right up there with Calvary Chapel Greeley if you just called the office. And I don't know how they're doing appointments with COVID right now, but we're doing appointments with distancing and everything. So I'm sure they are too, that you can just call and 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 call. I know it feels awkward. Like, what am I, what would I say? Just say, can I speak with a pastor? Hey, my mom and I need to sit down for some counseling on reconciliation. And, I, and then you could just say, I just want to make sure you're over, I don't know what age, 30? What's a millennial? Uh, I'm 20. How old am I? 24. <laughs> yeah. So just say anybody in your thirties, I guess, you know, because my mom would be yeah. offended. Um, and, and that would be it. We wouldn't be offended at a question like that. We're like, sure, we'll find the right pastor for you. And, um, mm -hmm. and so I know pastor Jeff has guys that serve with him too. Okay. So it's ed at edtaylor.org, right? Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Okay, Marie. Thanks for calling. Time. Alrighty. Alrighty. Take care. Bye-bye. 
I, I know from many of you listening in that this is, um, this is your life. Uh, I certainly have some things in my life uh, that are, are completely out of my hands. And, and I get to walk in forgiveness. And I get to walk in freedom. And I get to walk, hey, that's still painful. And, you know, ongoing sin in, a, in, in someone's life towards you is very painful. But it doesn't make me a victim. I walk in the freedom and the victory of Jesus Christ. And circumstances happen in my life that I have no control over. And, and because of that, then other circumstances happen that I have no control over. And I'm sure that, that you would do as well. So can I just pray for you? And we'll include Marie and her mom on this. And I can think of people flashing through my mind right now that have a lot of family issues. And, um, you know, you're not alone. And you don't have to be gaslighted. You know, people trying to make you feel like it's your fault and you don't remember. And No, no. You can stand in the confidence of the Lord. Even Jesus had family issues. Uh, they called him crazy. They, they took a position against him. Even Jesus had friend issues where Judas betrayed him, led him to crucifixion. And it doesn't make you a bad believer. It just makes you a real person, a real human. And so, Father, I pray for those that have issues today with their moms or their dads or extended family or the in-laws, former in-laws, you know, divorces. And we could go through a list of things, and it really doesn't matter what the mechanism is. It's still painful. And I do pray for a miraculous, because even though <clears throat> there are many, even though there are many that are suffering, there's also many that have seen victory. Many that have seen reconciliation, miraculous. I think of my friends in California where the situation appeared like it was beyond, beyond. Everyone would have concluded it was beyond <clears throat> reconciliation until you moved, Lord. And I remember being at the service at the conference where the family stood up on the platform and declared to all of us that we're watching and some of us a part of it. In, and I saw reconciliation. Beautiful, Lord. So I pray that into the lives of those listening today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. That's how you get on the line. Get on the air. 303-690-3000. We're back live this week. It was all um, uh, my programs last week were all encore. I took the week off. Needed some uh, rest, uh, some uh, recovery time, rest time. So <clears throat> grateful for that. And uh, I'm back. Uh, this is a live broadcast. Unless you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM, then you're hearing it one week delayed. But here we are, gathered together as a family, worshiping Jesus. And so we're going to get to Lou um, on the other end of the break. And that means we have two open lines, uh, 303 um, six nine zero three thousand. Um, here's a text. Uh, is the church on the border of worshiping idols when it comes to defending all the statues? Um, you know that's a good question. Um, I I don't know. I I don't know the hearts of the people. I mean the the history of our country is very important, and and even though the history of our country is not a good history. Um, I'm going to save this. This is a good question. I'm going to save it because I only have like 90 seconds uh, and just talk through these things because I think there's two, at least two sides to this. Um, but 
the idea of worshiping idols, um, you know, has in it the abandonment of God. Uh, worshiping idols has in it that we're looking to a, an idol, a statue, as more important than our worship of God. And, I mean, perhaps people have crossed that line, but I think most of the culture wars that we see in our country right now um, are are simply um, polarizing two groups of going, you know, these guys represent some really bad decisions. And then on the other end, uh, which is true in some cases, I mean, even church history, church history is riddled with failure because we're men, sinful men and women. Church history is riddled with failure. Um, and so is a country's history. And uh, our country's not innocent of failures. We wouldn't expect it any other way. You hear the music. We'll be back in just a second. I'll comment a little bit on this on the coming in. We got one open line. Um, quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. Uh, listening last week, uh, where anytime I was on the radio, it was all um, encore presentations, but we're back to live this week. Appreciate your prayers and appreciate your patience. Uh, the COVID-19 crisis of 2020 has caused a lot of frayed nerves, a lot of impatience, a lot of frustration, and I'm sorry. Um, you know, it's, it's weighed on all of us in many different ways, uh, but the Lord is good. He's faithful. He's going to get us through this. Uh, we're going to grow in his grace and his knowledge. We're going to learn, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to learn what it is to that the words that I've been sharing with our church is preference, patience, preference, and humility. These are uh, important pieces of the puzzle for us. Patience, preference, and humility. I had a text question came in uh, just really quick. Um, is the church on the border of worshiping idols when it comes to defending all the statues? You know, I think that there's possibility. We we answered a little bit of this in the beginning of the program or at the end of the last segment, but there's a possibility. But I think what what we're seeing in in um, many of the citizens of the United States is that um, the, the the removal of statues because of the failures of the men or women uh, that they depict is is also a whitewashing of the history of our country. Uh, and it is really, um, there, there's a new phrase that's being used today that's, that's calling it the cancel culture. And that's something you don't like, something that you, you, have, you make one mistake and then boom, you're done, you're canceled, you're out. Um, but I, I don't know that there's a, I, I can't speak to the hearts of the people um, that would say that they're replacing the worship of God with the worship of these idols. Um, I know from my perspective, I know that the the gospel of Jesus Christ takes a higher priority than even our nation, and we need to remember that. We need to remember that the gospel of Jesus Christ predated the United States of America. It predated Rome. It predated the Assyrians. It predated the, the Egyptians. God predated all nations and nationalities. And if we if we don't rem, if we forget that God came to save people and not a nation, 
then we're going to make decisions. They're going to co-opt the gospel into something that God never intended. Now, I can hear maybe there's gasps right now or people upset with me. Hear me out because I'm not in any way denigrating the wonderful country that we live in or the men and women that have lost their lives and, and fought for the freedoms that, um, you know, the, the, the United States of America is by far uh, the best country and experiment of human government ever on the planet Earth. But it is just human government. And the gospel of Jesus Christ does not come to reserve a government. It reserves a, uh, a change of heart. And if we make anything more important than the gospel, then we're going to be wrong. And I, I know that when I watch this, I, I know that our culture is in convulsions right now. But what do you expect from a culture of unbelievers? Uh, people that are not connected, people that have replaced the one true God with the, the false illusion of, of evolution or the, the replaced uh, submission to God with, their, they've made like Romans 1, a God in their own image. Um, this, this, is the, this is what's expected. Uh, and so how do we approach it? We approach it by, um, I, I would have been a part of the problem had I not got saved. God saved me and took me out of this culture. Now I'm a vagabond, and I'm a a journey. I journey. I I um, <clears throat> I'm a, a sojourner. Is the word I was looking for, and and so in in relice in 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 um, in relation to the question, I think it's a good one, but it's multifaceted. So I think in some cases it could be yes. Uh, I think in some cases it could be no. But I think in all cases. We have to ask ourselves, um, are we as passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ or more passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ than anything else? And that's the real question. To me, that's the huge real question. 303-690-3000 is the number. I am going to take Judy next. Would you put Judy on in Aurora, Colorado? Judy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Uh, I'm getting older. In fact, I am old. Uh, <laughs> I've got cancer. Yes. And, and now I'm going through the coronavirus. But I want to know what you think and what the Bible, if the Bible has anything to say about cremation. Uh, the Bible doesn't have uh, anything to say about creation the way that we understand it today. Um, there is a prohibition in the Old Testament of desecrating the bodies, like the um, like the the um, idolaters, like like those that don't follow God. But cremation today is not in any way a act of worship or a pagan act. It is simply. Uh, I like to remember what Pastor Chuck Smith told us. Uh, that cremation does in a matter of hours what the natural processes, um, what what occurs through natural processes in the matter of of months or years, and so I believe that the Bible allows for the personal decision of cremation, and that that would not displease God if that's a choice that was made. Well, I, I've never in my life wanted to be cremated, but. The older I get and the more I see the the steps that's going on and the cost of 
a funeral, I yes. just am thinking more and more about being cremated. And I, the kids have made it my choice. <laughs> so, yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's on my mind. But uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I've not been told I'm dying yet, but, but I'm not too far from it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, well, not. it is a valid, it's definitely a valid biblical option uh, that would not displease God. All right. Well, that that helps tremendously. Uh, well, it's good to hear your voice, Judy. I miss seeing you in the sanctuary. I'm hoping the COVID things and that your strength, you regain your strength and the COVID restrictions end really soon because I miss our conversations. I like, I want to, I know I can't come back for a while, but please don't get rid of my seat, okay? <laughs> okay, we will have it gold plated for you. Oh, no, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, just uh, uh, I can't walk yeah. very far, but I can. Get around that good. And, yeah, we we will definitely not get rid of your seat, Judy. Okay, I, I'm getting rid of my hair. It's going you are. fast. Yeah, um, it's falling out. Did uh, did you I'm, decide to proceed with the treatments? Yeah, yeah. I get I get a treatment uh, every Monday for three weeks, and I'm off a week. And uh, I, I've not been sick with it at all. It makes me awful tired, yes. but they give me uh, something to keep me from being sick of my stomach. Okay, good. And and so I'm doing pretty good. Uh, anyway, I, you've been on my mind, and I pr- pray for you and everyone every morning. <laughs> and uh, well, thank you very much. I need it. And uh, well, we all do. <laughs> yes. We all do. Anyway, I love you guys so much. Love you too, Judy. Bye-bye. And that that voice uh, is a blessing to hear because even in my mind, I have a photographic memory uh, and I know where Judy sits. Uh, I know that I, if I, depending on what time I get into the sanctuary, whether I'm going to get some time to, to chat with her um, be able to, to get down on my knees so I can have eye contact with her, uh, set her her walker aside or her wheelchair aside. And that's just something that's been lost through the COVID. Uh, and um, even I was able to visit one time uh, in her home uh, with distancing and masks and everything, but um, it's, it's not the same. And I would just encourage you guys in the midst of the COVID, would you be in prayer as a church family, uh, of course, I'm talking to Calvary Church, our own, but I'm talking to the church and reach out, uh, check in and reach out, uh, especially to those you know that are older, those that are you know, going through cancer treatments or medical issues uh, that are, are more isolated than ever before. And technology is great. I know Judy watches online, tech, not, but not everybody has that technology. Not everybody wants to use that technology. Um, and so I, it's just a good reminder, reach out and connect um, with those that you can remember. Let's go back to the phone lines. Lou has been waiting faithfully. Lou and Aurora, welcome to the program. How you doing, Pastor Ed? 
I'm doing well. What's up? Well, I just wanted to say thank you um, for doing the uh, calling shows that you did with um, Pastor Al Pittman and Pastor Avant oh, yeah. um, on the on the racial issues and so forth. Um, I, I'm, I'm married to a black woman, but I, my eyes were open to to some things that had never even crossed my mind in, yes. in listening to those. Um, there was one situation that that kind of threw up a red flag for me, and there was a caller that that referred to what the way the media handled handles things or handled thing and specifically handled things around the um George Floyd issue um referred yes. to the media as crazy and I think we we need to be careful about using extreme terms like that I I'm no fan of the media trust me um but I think the media is simply a business that's doing what businesses do um unfortunately they they have a business that is very influential and and um, it seems to be that they're very opinionated about things and not not as worried about um, keeping things to the facts and, and tend to um, throw a lot of perspective and opinion into the mix, um, which can cause a lot of a lot of dissension or and a lot of a lot of interesting conversation. But you know, I mean, it's the media is the media. They've been um, you know heading heading in this direction for a long time. And, and I think as, as Christians, we just need to be aware of that and, and know that that's, that's the way they operate. And, and I, I don't think we should get into the business of sensationalizing and embellishing and, and name-calling. I agree. I, don't, I think that uh, it doesn't help. You know, we, when we're thinking of a conversation, I remember early on uh, learning how to have a business conversation. They taught us in class that if you envision a conversation like a tennis match— um, the, the idea is to get the ball over to the other court and to get it over to the other court so that it can be returned to you. Um, they, they use that illustration, not necessarily try to win, but rather a conversation is give and take. You hit the ball, you say what you say, you hit it back, you say what you say, and you have a real conversation whether you agree or not. And it, by, using, by using terms uh, that don't, in, don't help the next part of the conversation, um, there's a lot of different ways to do that, you know, ad hominem attacks, um, you know, dishonesty, passive aggressiveness, uh, even heightened terms like you mentioned that that uh, that don't give room for the other person to do anything but defend themselves or lose respect for you. And, you know, we we this has been such a perfect storm in our culture, I think, because social media has trained us, whether we realize it or not. I mean, if the Lord doesn't come back and they do. They do research and things on this generation. I believe one of the things, the social engineering that social media has done is one of the negative things has been to elevate the view of our own opinion as absolute fact and everyone else has to defend, you know, has to defend themselves. Like my opinion matters and I think you want to hear it. So I'm just going to give it to you as raw as I can. And, and it's been a, opportunity to express ourselves but it's been wrong in so many ways it's one of the reasons i'm not on facebook anymore and i think my spiritual health is better um (laughs) because facebook became a place where it just was generally negative and caustic um of the people that were on my feed and i couldn't take it anymore so i'm like forget this this is firing me up and messing with my spiritual health um but the the, the idea of believers doing that and not understanding that how we have to ask ourselves, um, 
how is this going to progress the gospel? Like like this thing with masks. A lot of people are upset with masks. It's difficult. It's hard. But if I post something that's so nasty and wicked on on Facebook about I hate masks and like, are we actually thinking about everybody? Did we really need to say that? Like, is that going to progress the gospel? And I think it applies to what you said. You know, I may not agree with the media. I mean, but what do you expect from a media that is in this world? We're in this world, but we're not of this world. But I have my own opinions and they are, I have opinions, good or bad. They are what they are. But will it help the conversation by calling them a name? And will it help the gospel? And I think if we ask the question, will this help the gospel before every post and every word that comes out of our mouths, a lot less negativity would be posted and said. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the drawbacks to social media is when you put words out there on a page or on a screen, they don't have, you know, the human voice is a very intricate tool. And and I can put inflection and feeling and emotion and all that into what I say, but it can't always put that into what I write. And and a lot of people, like you're saying, they, they feel like they need to put their opinion out there. And, and, you know, a lot of people think that their opinion is, is fact or, or the right opinion. And, and that right. tends to stir the pot quite a bit. Um, but I think we need to just kind of be careful about how we view things. You know, I mean, this, this whole situation with, with George Floyd, definitely a perfect storm. You know, we're coming off of three or four months of isolation and all the, all the turmoil around COVID and, and then this, you know, get into this racial tension situation. And, you know, I'm, I'm the first one to say that, that, um, you know, this whole situation is, is very, it, it's delicate and, and challenging. Um, um, but I, I, I'm not surprised by it, and I wish I, I'm sad to say that um, because there are bigoted people in this world. There are police officers that do what this police officer did. There's some excellent police officers in this world. It's two, my son being one of them. Um, yeah, the but, vast majority. Yeah, exactly. But it <clears throat> just takes you know the media and this one incident to put a put a match to the flame, and 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 here we're dealing with a, this huge huge situation. But you know, for me. Um, I had a friend in my home church ask me um, what my opinion on the situation was, being that I, my wife is black and so on and so forth. It's like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm no expert on race relations. You know, I know that this is a part of the human experience, and unfortunately it's something that happens. Um, and I think we need to, you know, look at, you know, what, what caused this officer to, to act this way? What caused George Floyd to be in that situation? What, what lives are they dealing with? You know, and, and, you know, deal with it as, as you know, with, with some compassion and, some, and try to understand things rather than just pigeonhole it as, you know, bad cop killing another black person and, and you know, now we need to loot and pillage and burn, you know, so. Well, and I think that the, the, the reality of, of the, all the countercultural, all the different lanes that are in our culture, uh, we we also have that sense where, we are overwhelmed by all of them, but God has called us to one of them, and that's the gospel. And if we lose that, then we're going to be caught up in something other than than which is going to be eternal. And we do this all the time, so it's not even just this situation. Um, we, we can at the same time say that what happened to George Floyd was wrong. It was sinful. And at the same time say the, the response in rioting and looting is wrong and sinful. And we can address those things uh, biblically if we can parse them out. The problem is, is that 
people don't want to parse them out. And then there's all kinds of other forces that we don't need to be really concerned about in the sense that um, we're not going to change culture. Only God can change the heart of a man. And so what do we do in order to um, honor God in a culture that is anti-God? I mean, think of the culture that Jesus was born into. Jesus was born into a culture that, that, that crucified him illegally. That's the pattern of our Savior and the yeah. pathway that we're called to follow, that we're to follow him and watch him. And um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think we need to be careful with our language. And even as careful as we are, <laughs> even as careful as we are, um, we still make mistakes. And praise God for his pa- patience and love with each other, that love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Well, thanks for your time, Pastor Ed. I appreciate it. Okay, brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you. Take care. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Who is next? So we got Lou. We got Marie. We got Judy. So we have Linda. Linda in Denver. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. I'm I'm kind of confused. I was uh, talking to this girl about the Bible, and we came to okay. Leviticus seventeen eleven, and right. I have read, <laughs> I read the uh, uh, application Bible, and then yes. I was go- I was we're going to go to the uh, King James uh, Bible, Women's Bible, but yes. I really don't understand when I read it, and I would like to hear something from you to give me something about what it's all about. I have right here on Levit- Leviticus 17:11, the blood is in the torment, life is in the blood, the blood yes. of Jesus. That I know, but I'd like to, uh, if you could briefly explain it to me. Okay, well, in laying out the provisions of how to worship God, you know, God lays out in Leviticus his prescription for worship, and he's explaining to this this uh, group of people that were slaves in Egypt that are going to be uh, conquering and settling down in the land that he promised to them. He's saying, this is how I want to be worshipped. And he's this is a very important verse, because it's the comparison of the blood in a body, your physical body, that without your without blood in your physical body, there's no life in your there's no life in your body, and I'm sure that there's doctors and scientists that could tell us all of the that I don't have access to right now that could tell us all of the qualities and properties that are in blood that that in our veins and our arteries is not water it's blood because it carries oxygen and life and everything to our entire body. So Jesus says, just like the blood in your body is life to you, so will be so will blood be life to you in relationship with me. That this is what I'm going to require. I'm going to require an, an a sacrifice that will require shed blood. It will be life for life. It will be a a life in exchange for your life. And of course, for Leviticus, he's speaking of the of the animal sacrifices, and he's speaking of the different animals that would lose their blood and life in order for the sins of the people to be covered for another year. But ultimately, what we're seeing in Leviticus seventeen eleven is the prophetic uh, <clears throat> the prophetic teaching that through the blood that was shed of Jesus Christ, he gave his life 
in order to save your life and my life. And so it's a very simple comparison of the value of blood in a human life being exchanged, or even in any life, any animal and, and, and human life, that blood is the life, is the foundational life uh, carrying agent within a body, that it will also be the life carrying agent for you and me spiritually, ending ultimately at the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay, I think I got it, Pastor Ed. <laughs> That's a great question. That, you know, one day, like I say one more time, I was reading the Bible with this lady that I know. She's been saved since 1982. And yes. I haven't been saved. I got saved in 1903, I think, when I came back okay. from California. But now I understand what you're saying, uh, Pastor Ed. But one more question. I know you have, you have enough time. Okay, I have given, I have given, I have forgiven a lot of people that have done wrong to me. And do I have to go exactly to tell them I forgive them? I I think it depends upon the relationship you have with them. Uh, It could be very healthy for you to do that, but it just depends on, you know, the, the, let's say the, I I think it. I'm trying to think of an example. So the first example came to mind is somebody offended you at Safeway. Uh, would it be go? Would it be uh, good to go back to the person? Maybe it was a person at the checkout line uh, that yeah. was doing your groceries. Offended you? Would it be good to go back and say I forgive you? I think it would be good to go back and have a conversation with them. Um, if they're your family, I think you you know depending on how close they are to you, the answer would be yes. But it's never wrong. I don't think if you have opportunity to. Keep praying for him, and that's all I wanted to know. I have forgiven him, but now I thank you for the information that you're giving me about about forgiveness. Yes. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. You're Pastor welcome. Ed. All righty. And I want to tell Bye. you something. Uh, at, okay. Uh, Eleven o'clock. Um, I listened to Chuck Smith on the radio. Is yes. Chuck Smith still alive, or is he going to be with the Lord? He's gone to be with the Lord. It's been seven years now. Learned a lot of things from him, from him on the radio, and I'm going to tell you something, Pastor Ed. I love to listen to you and to uh, what's his name, Jeff uh, Briggs. Oh, you are awesome, awesome. Okay, <laughs> and I know you're a soldier of the of Christ, right? Yes, I am. Thank okay, you. Thank you, thank you, Pastor Ray. Uh, All right. Uh, I'll be calling you my pastor. That's the, my pastor that I go to. I go to a New Hope Ministry, and I've been good. saved for some number of years. But thank you again, and God bless you, yeah. Pastor Ed. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, I want to encourage you, uh, for those of you that do listen to Pastor Chuck Smith, there is a free app available. It's called The Word for Today, and they have archived all of his teachings um, and I pretty much listen to one a day. Uh, I haven't been so much lately, but I try to listen to one a day. Sometimes I'll put a little earbud in my ear and go to sleep with Pastor Chuck. Um, I've been listening. Uh, We've all gone through the Bible with him, uh, through the Bible, like from Genesis to Revelation. That's that's been a pattern uh, that was handed down to us uh, to go through the Bible, learning from him. Uh, And they're called Chuck Tracks. So everyone in my family, I think, has done it. All the kids did because for Bible college, I did it for Bible school. I'm sure Marie's listened to a bunch of them. Um, but um, for the Chuck tracks, I got a question. How long? How many days would it take to get through all of them if you did one? I think there were 300 and 
60 something. So at least a year, if you did one a day, it would take a year. Um, and, and some of them are like 90 minutes long. Um, but on this app, he also, one thing that most people don't know about the teaching ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith is he taught through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, but on Sunday mornings, he taught a topical Bible study every single Sunday morning. He taught a topical Bible study from the section of the Bible he would be teaching on Sunday night. And so they have put two whole series of two full years of topical Bible studies up on that app, which is what I've been listening to. Um, so good. So it's the word for today. And I appreciate uh, sisters like Deborah that would um, be blessed by Pastor Chuck. That's why we have him on the radio. We want to bless you. It's why Grace FM started, why you're hearing him on Hope FM or Truth FM. We want to get the word of God out. And there's he's Pastor Chuck is in the top 10 of Bible teachers throughout all time. I believe that. And he's affected my life. And I listen to him all the time. Uh, Pastor Jeff Figs, of course, uh, one of the other reasons we had Grace FM was to put some other ministries on the air uh, throughout the Denver metro area and even bring people from out around the country. So thank you guys uh, for supporting Grace FM, for supporting local Christian radio. Um, we have had online services live on the radio for the 10 years that we've had Grace FM on the air. So you can always listen in live to the Sanctuary of Calvary Church. Saturday nights at 6, Sundays at 8.45, 10.45, and tonight at 7 p.m. So join us at Calvary Church tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, grateful to be a small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. And Lord willing, we'll be together tomorrow. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.